everyone, and welcome back to Short Stories for Kids, the magical podcast of story adventures. Nicole had first seen the rainbow from her bedroom window. It was so bright and colorful that all she wanted to do was try to see if she could get closer to it. What are you putting your shoes on for? asked Seth, her brother. I'm going to see if I can touch a rainbow, declared Nicole seriously. What's she doing? asked another voice as the head of Joey poked around the door. Can we come? asked Jake as he appeared alongside his brother. Nicole looked at their assembled faces and smiled. Of course you can, she said. But hurry, I don't want the rainbow to fade and we miss our chance. So with shoes on, the four siblings hurtled off towards the rainbow, still a beautiful ribbon of brightness across the sky. We're getting closer, shouted Nicole, surprised at how easy this all appeared to be. Look, shouted Seth. It really is touching the grass over there. And sure enough, it was. They closed around the bands of color, looking like strips of bright plastic. Carefully, Nicole held out her hand and touched it. It's solid, she said in a hushed voice. Yeah, agreed Joey. And don't you think from here that it looks like a bridge? Maybe it goes somewhere added Jake. Well, maybe we should find out, wondered Seth. I mean, we could just have a peek, just to see. Nicole was nodding her head. Yeah, I want to know, she said enthusiastically. Moments later, they were running across a rainbow through the afternoon sky. Nicole thought the rainbow would arch back down to earth a short distance away, but instead... It seemed to level out now that they were on it. Has anyone noticed? Shouted Jake from the back. But you can't see the ground below us anymore. And look up ahead, pointed out Nicole. There is a gate. The gate made with curling bands of silver and gold sat on the edge of a very broad cloud. Beyond the gate, Nicole thought she could see trees and mountains and quite possibly a castle. They'd all stopped running now and approached the gate with caution, wondering who could live in such a place. Do you think a giant lives here? asked Joey. Nah, said Seth. They live at the top of beanstalks, not rainbows. It's still up in the clouds, protested Joey. Nicole suddenly let out a yelp of surprise. There was a large face peering at them through the gate. It looked like a lion, except this one was three times the size and had a mane that shimmered with bronze, a color that matched its eyes. Hello, children, it said softly. Well, are you all going to stand there or would you like to come in? You're not going to eat us, are you? worried Jake. Oh no, said the regal-looking lion. We don't eat people. That's a terrible thought, said the lion. And with a curved claw, he gently pulled the gate ajar. I'm a majesterum, said the lion. What's a majesterum? 
asked Nicole as she stepped through. Beyond, there was a beautiful land of flowers and long grasses skirted by lush forests. Majesterums are the grand beasts that live here. We're like some of your animals from the world below, except that here we're larger, grander, and dare I say, more beautiful, said the lion, as if to prove his point, he shook his mane so the light shimmered across the bronze hairs. He really was a magnificent sight. Come with me. I'll show you some of my brothers and sisters. They strolled across meadows and hillsides full of natural beauty before descending into a narrow valley. Lined with fields where farms grew crops and tended to cattle and pigs and chickens. Overlooking one of these farms stood a peacock, and it was immediately clear that this too was a majesterum. It was as large as the lion, and its whole body shimmered with greens and purples and blues. Penwar, I have guests, said the lion to the peacock as they approached. They came across the rainbow bridge. The peacock turned its head and gazed down directly at Nicole. Greetings, young ones. Welcome to our land. Oh, it really is beautiful, admitted Nicole. However, as they'd approached, Nicole had been looking at the farm and the farmhands, and she couldn't help but notice how thin and tired everyone looked. The people all appeared tired and hungry, and as they worked, they moved slowly with an air of sadness. Come, said Penoir the peacock, join us for a feast in your honour. It is not often we get visitors from the world below. Penoir and the lion escorted Nicole and her brothers to a grassy field behind the farm, where five large hogs were being roasted over a giant flame pit. Loaves of bread, cooked vegetables, as well as apples, pears, and sweet berries were laid out on tables. But for Nicole, the strangest part was seeing all the hungry-looking farm workers preparing the feast. They didn't look like they'd had a good meal in a long time. The lion must have noticed Nicole's concerned face because he leaned down and spoke to her. They are sad people, aren't they? said the lion quietly. But it's not their fault. An evil king and queen have taken over this land, and they have made the lives of those that live here a misery. They take everything and leave nothing but myself and my brothers and sisters of the Majesterum to do our best to protect the common folk from the royal pair's greed. Oh, that's awful, said Nicole, as she accepted a bowl of food from a grubby-looking child, not much older than herself. Now, said Penoir, tell us about the world below. Tell us about where you live. Is it beautiful? Is it a rich land? And so the children began to tell of their home and their school and wider world around them. But throughout it all, Nicole watched the hungry eyes of the child who served her. It was fast approaching evening and Seth was making noises about heading home. He didn't want their family to worry about them. Oh, but I was enjoying this, said Joey, relaxing on a cushion. Oh, this is the life. But their discussion was caught short 
when a crashing noise at the top of the valley caught everyone's attention. Seconds later, a magnificent-looking zebra with stripes of gold burst onto the field. Brothers, said the impressive zebra to the lion and the peacock, the royal army is near. We must flee. Oh, thank you, sister, said the lion, climbing to his feet. Your quick thinking will mean we survived another day. And he bounded off up the opposite slope of the valley, swiftly followed by Zebra. But as the peacock went to follow, Nicole shouted out, Wait! What about all the people? Well, they, they must fend for themselves. We have done all we can, said Penwa, before disappearing into the gathering gloom. Oh, what should we do? shouted Seth. There is an army coming! Nicole looked around at the people of the farm. Instead of panicking, they were falling upon what was left of the feast and calling their loved ones to join in. Hmm, something's not right here, Nicole said with a frown. From above them, on the tree line, trumpets sounded a fanfare as a group of soldiers marched out onto the grass in a column. They headed straight towards what was left of the feast. A large flag featuring two crimson hearts, topped with gold crowns, was carried above their heads. Stand aside for their royal highness, boomed a loud voice. The soldiers briskly stepped apart to create a gap to reveal a young man and a woman striding forward. They each wore a simple crown of a single band of gold. Nicole looked up nervously, fearing they were all in trouble. After all, she'd been told this king and queen were evil. Looking around, she could see that the people at the farm were looking on in awe. And who might you be? asked the queen gently. Nicole swallowed before finding her voice. I'm Nicole, and these are my brothers. We're from the world below, she said. Huh, fascinating, said the queen. And I suspect the Magesterum creatures were equally fascinated. Did they question you about your home? Oh, yes, said Seth. They wanted to know all about it. Hmm, no doubt they did, said the king. They have a few places to hide in our kingdom, and so must look to the other worlds to take advantage of. Take advantage of? repeated Jake. They said you were evil ones. <gasps> of course they did, laughed the queen, although there was little happiness in it. The Magesterum are crafty creatures. They survive by creating fear and hatred. They point to others, saying that they are the danger, while settling themselves up as protectors. But in fact, all they are interested in is themselves. Nicole gasped. So all these poor people on the farm, they've been going hungry just to feed the lion and the peacock? Yes, nodded the king, and the Magesterum have done nothing in return other than spread fear and lies. But we have them now, said the queen. They cannot pass over the Rainbow Bridge, and so they're trapped against the edge of our world. We intend to capture every last one of them. Never, came a mighty roar, and from the opposite side of the valley leapt the Magesterum lion, his mane shining in the light from the setting sun. His teeth were bared, and his claws sharp, as he pounced desperately towards the royal couple. 
But the king and queen had fought a long and hard battle against these creatures and were prepared. They each raised a ruby-tipped staff, which erupted with dazzling red light, causing Nicole, Seth, Joey, and Jake to shield their eyes. The lion had no choice but to plunge into the crimson glow, where it instantly transformed. It thudded to the ground, no larger than a toy, a simple sculpted lion made from stone. They tricked us, said Nicole sadly. They did, agreed the queen, and they would have used you to get to your world. It was fortunate that we were so close. Join us. There are still a few Magesterums still to catch. And so Nicole and her brothers joined the army as night fell, and beneath a curtain of starlight, they discovered first the gold-striped zebra, then a silver-flecked bear, and finally the gloriously feathered Penwar, who raised her tail feathers to the heavens in an attempt to frighten off the royal army. But one by one, they too were captured, and at last the kingdom was free of their trickery. It was late now, so the royal army erected tents beside the Rainbow Bridge, and the king and queen invited Nicole and her brothers to stay the night. Sat around a warming fire, they gathered and learned more about the devious beasts that were now defeated. I still can't believe that so many people fell for their tricks, said Seth. Well, it's easy to point at others to hide what you're up to, said the king. But the Magisterum never tried to help anyone but themselves. And in the end, that was their downfall. The next morning, Nicole, Seth, Jake, and Joey made their farewells. And they were pleasantly relieved to find the Rainbow Bridge still in place. They raced across it, keen to be home and to erase any worry that might have caused them to be away so long. One by one, they leapt the last short distance from the bridge to the grass and made a dash for their home. Only Nicole stopped after a few paces to gaze back at the Rainbow Bridge. But to her surprise and disappointment, it had already faded away. The 